Thank you for tuning into the weekly sermon from Journey of Hope, a United Methodist community. We are a welcoming community that fosters belonging and acceptance. Through ministries, we enable individuals to transform their lives as they learn to follow Jesus Christ. We follow the guidance of the Spirit in sharing our faith through missional adventures, building relationships, and offering our witness to our community and world. We serve the Elgin, Illinois area and are located at the corner of Randall Road and Highland. To learn more about us, you can check us out at johumc.org or any of our social media platforms by searching Journey of Hope. And now, here is this week's message. Our scripture reading for this morning is from the Gospel of John. Now, there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, We know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, No one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and do you not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. May God bless the reading, hearing, and understanding of his word. Amen. Robin, thank you for your reading of the scriptures. As many of you know, I was a Baptist preacher down the road in Valley View for a while. Um, It's good to be back in the pulpit. I reflected upon when Pastor asked me to preach on the Sunday after Easter. Sunday after Easter is one of those tough days. I mean, think about it. Last week, we started off with Palm Sunday. This jubilant explosion of people. Jesus is coming into town, riding on a donkey, and they're celebrating because here is someone they hope that's going to change their whole world, that was going to bring back Israel into importance. Make it a separate nation again. Make it free from others' oppression. 
They were throwing down the palms as though he was of great import. Maybe even the warrior king that the scriptures foretold of, the one who would rid us of the Roman oppressors. Then came Monday, Thursday. The teacher, the leader, he humbles himself and washes his disciples' feet. Now, that, that's a job that you don't give to someone special. It's something you give to the servants and the slaves. And then he takes and they have a meal, a very simple meal of bread and wine. And then he began to talk of strange things, things that they did not expect or anticipate. And then there is Good Friday. I don't know about you, but to me, there wasn't much good about Good Friday. His disciple, one of his disciples, one of his inner circle, betrays him with a kiss. And the Roman soldiers come along and drag him off. The disciples felt defeated. What had happened to him? What was going on? The morning he was nailed to the cross. Now I want to tell you this was not the typical crucifixion. The two guys on either side of Jesus, they were not nailed to the cross. They were just tied to the cross. And it was a terrible death because you could only hold your weight up so long. And eventually, you couldn't breathe. How low could things go? He was cut down, taken down, and put in the tomb. And the rock was rolled across it, and guards were placed to protect it. And then, and then there was Easter. Some of his women's followers went to do the duty to prepare the body. And they get there. There are no guards. Not only are there no guards, the big stone that was rolled across the front of the tomb to keep critters out was gone. It was rolled open. And when they looked in, what did they see? Nothing. Jesus was alive. Jesus had been transformed.
Now, you can understand why the pastor gets worn out. Those are a lot of services. That's a lot of preparation. And quite often, preachers will ask someone to come in on the Sunday after Easter to preach. Jesus died, but something special happened. Something special started in that week, that first week after Easter. And it is something that not only happened then, it has an impact that carries on to even today and beyond. There is a little tidbit in both Matthew and Luke's gospel that talks about the temple. Now you understand the temple was the center of Jewish worship. And inside of it, in the very inside of it, is the Holy of Holies. It was the place that God, it was believed that God actually lived and stayed there. And there was this gigantic curtain. By the way, when I say gigantic curtain, some experts said it was 60 feet tall and as much as four inches thick. Now, ladies, (laughs) anybody got a curtain like that in their house? And the story goes that it was torn from the very top to the very bottom. You see, God was saying a message about that holy of holies. I don't need this anymore. No longer is my love going to be simply limited to the sons of Abraham and the daughters of Abraham. I care about all of my creation. No longer was there going to be one day of forgiveness. God was going to be open to forgive us every day. I think there's something we miss in the church as we look at this story. We say, wow, that's, that's great. But there's something much deeper in there. And that is the word change. Things are not the same. It would not take many years before that temple would actually be turned into rubble. In fact, today, if you were to go to modern Jerusalem, the only part of that temple that you will see that remains is a massive stone wall, masonry wall, called the Wailing Wall. Everything else is gone. There was something new built on that temple. Today, I want us to look at this passage in the Gospel of John. 
Very familiar passage. I want to point out that John's gospel is unlike anybody, any of the other three gospels. The first three gospels are known as synoptic gospels. Don't ask me what synoptic means, but it means they're all the same. Because they share a common pool of information. They actually, we had in seminary, we had a term for it. It was called Q. Now, we never found a copy of Q, but everybody seemed to use resources from this Q. In fact, when we were studying Greek and learning how to read Greek, we had Bibles that, that had the passages next to one another. And amazing, you look at some and all three, it was exactly the same. And some of them you add a little bit more and take out a little less. So as Matthew, Mark, and Luke were writing, that was part of the resources. But they also had other things. Mark was the first one written. It was written in 70 CE, meaning Common Era. We used to call that AD. Now it's called Common Era. And it was kind of the first edition, the extra, extra. You read all about it. This is who, this is Jesus. This is what Jesus did. This is what Jesus said. Then about 10 years later, Matthew and Luke come along. And the interesting thing about them is they, they are tend to be a little bit more specific to parts of the church. Matthew writes to the Jewish believers with a special emphasis on Jesus was the fulfillment of the Messiah. And Luke was a book written the Gentiles to say, hey, God loves you too. God cares about you. And then there's John. John's gospel was written about 100. And when I say it was written by John, it wasn't written by John. John was probably long gone by then, but a group of his disciples that he'd built around him were the ones that put this book together. You know, if you look at them, you begin to see a difference. The Gospel of Mark begins with the Baptist, the birth of his son, John the Baptist. Luke begins with a childless couple and a miraculous birth of John the Baptist. And Matthew goes into Jesus' genealogy to show that he was the son of Abraham. And where does John begin? You remember the words? In the beginning, thank you, Mary. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. You know, John says, go back in your Wayback Machine. This Jesus was with God. Jesus is God. 
Here in our passage, very early in John, just the third chapter, Jesus is alone knocking on the door. Now, it's kind of late at night, and I'm sure he kind of wondered, but he opens the door anyways. And there is Nicodemus. Now, Nicodemus wasn't your typical Jewish person. He was a Pharisee, which means he was part of an elite special group of Jewish believers. And he was also part of an inner council. And it was kind of odd. You don't get a lot of visitors after dark. And he says, Rabbi, he treats Jesus with respect. He teach, you are a teacher. You are someone who understands the word. We know you are a teacher and you come from God. Not only is he a teacher, he says, yeah, you, you, you've got good connections with God. No one could do the miraculous, the special things, the healings, the feedings unless God is with him. And what did Jesus say? Did he nod his head? No. Jesus answered, I assure you, unless someone is born anew, it is not possible to see the kingdom of God. Jesus cuts to the chase. No dancing around. Nicodemus, you've had birth by water, like every other person. But you need a second birth. This was a new idea. When John was writing, Part of the reason it's different is because the Christian church was no longer seen as a Jewish sect, a group within Judaism. It is becoming its own religion. The temple, the temple was gone. The Romans took care of that. In Israel, the people were dispersed all over the Mediterranean. It was now synagogue-centered. Jesus answered Nicodemus somewhat cryptically with the words we all know by heart. Unless you are born anew, it is not possible to see the kingdom of God. This was not the answer Nicodemus expected. This was totally different from everything he had been taught. We have these books. We have, well, actually, they weren't books, they were scrolls. Let's say if you do this, and you do this, and you offer this, you bring forgiveness, offerings of forgiveness, and at the right times, you will be right with God. And Jesus is saying, it's not about what you do. 
It is about what God is doing. It is not who your parents or your great-grandparents or your great-great-great-great-great-great-grandparents. It is about having a new type of birth. As I was reading this, I was reminded of something I had learned about the process of change. The process of change is what happens when you see something and you say, hey, that's not working. That isn't, doesn't seem to be right. And you see something else. There are two things that have to take place. It means you have to let go of that old information, that old idea that you had. You had to put it out. And now you had to take in the new idea. I think Paul in Romans said it very well in 12.2. In the NIV it says, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Did you get that? Do not conform. Stop doing this. And be transformed. By the way, transformed is kind of a continuous motion thing. You know, we talk about transmissions. It is something that is always going on. Think about it. Let God change the way you think. Oh, by the way, not only once, but may it be a continuous process of changing. For Nicodemus, his relationship with God was about birthrights and rituals. He could sit down and lay out his family tree back onto, well, back onto the Exodus and probably beyond that. I've done some of my ancestry. I've gotten back to the 1400s, so I'm kind of in competition, but I got computers that helped me. And he thought that was all that was necessary. Oh, yes, about all the good things I've done. I'm a Pharisee. I know the rules. It's a contract. And Jesus said, no, Nicodemus, you got it all wrong. You need to start all over. You need, in modern parlance, you need to reboot. You all know what reboot is, right? <laughs> I'm reminded of something I, I learned in seminary. I had to take two years of Greek, so I can't say it's all Greek to me. <laughs> I used to know what those words meant, and sometimes I look at them but there was one thing I learned that was very interesting. It's, it's a unique tense within Greek and a couple of language. And I looked it up in, on Wikipedia. 
It's called the aorist tense. In some languages, classical Greek and Sanskrit, it expresses an action, especially a past action, without indicating its completion or its continuation. It's saying something in the past has continuing effect on us and on others. I think that's what Paul was talking about when he says, be transformed. It's not like the the vaccine we get, where it's one shot or two shots and you're done. No, it's a constant going on. Again, I look at those two statements. Jesus' words, you must be born again. And Paul's message, be ye not conformed, but be ye transformed. The Sunday after Easter is really about starting a new journey, a journey of continuous change, of becoming something new, of God continually working in our lives. This is the word of God. Amen. Now, as you go out from this place, may the peace of Christ be with you in your coming ins and your going outs. May the peace be over you wherever you find yourself. Amen. Go in peace.